0: Welcome to the Insomnia Project. Sit back, relax, and listen as we have a conversation about the mundane, hopefully. And hopefully that will lead you to find your bliss and rest. I am Marco Timpano. This is the Insomnia Project, the only podcast we hope you never get to the end of. And joining me in the studio today is Billy Kidd. Billy, welcome to the Insomnia Project.
1: Thanks for having me. Just woke up.
0: Well that's great. Yeah. So you're in a you're in a calm state of mind, would you say?
1: I'm pretty calm right now.
0: Cool. Cool. Billy, you have a website which is BillyKidshow.com and you're a among other things, a very accomplished magician. That is correct. What road let you led you to magic?
1: I had no idea I was ever gonna be a magician, never saw magic in my life. And then one day at a festival in Canada I saw a street magician performing and that was it. Wow. It went downhill from there. I okay. got depressed because I knew <laughs> I have to become a magician.
0: Wow. So what? how did you find your way to, to magic at that point? You're like, I want to be a magician. Did you go to the library? Did you watch YouTube videos? Did you just go to a magic shop and, and purchase? Uh, uh...
1: I hid behind a tree. Oh. And I was too embarrassed to let anyone know I wanted to become a magician and then a juggler walked past, and he saw I had a deck of cards in my hand. He's like, "I'm going to tell the other magician that you like this stuff," and I screamed silently. and was right. like, "No, don't do it!" Right. And he did, um, which was a good thing because then they told me what book to get, and I found the book, the book in a secondhand uh, bookshop. Wow. So it was a sign.
0: Was it an old book?
1: It's it wasn't. It's an old book written a long time
0: ago. Mm-hmm. There's many reprints of this book. I see. But. So if yeah. anyone's listening to magic – if anyone's listening right now and thinking, oh, I want to get into magic or my nephew or niece or someone we know wants to get into magic, can you reveal the book that started your journey?
1: I will. Are you ready for this? Yes. No drum roll, please.
0: Okay. No drum roll.
1: Royal Road to Card Magic. Oh, wow. That is the name of the book.
0: And um, what is one one tip you would give anyone who's going to be doing card magic?
1: The one tip I'd give to anyone doing card magic, I would say, is leave your bedroom. Okay. Perform for real people. Perform
0: for real people. Okay. Too many
1: magicians are weirdos, as you know, because of the stereotype, because they don't really leave their bedrooms. I
0: see. And you're just like, go out there and do it. Yeah. Do you have a favorite card? I do. Okay. What is that? It's usually
1: the three of clubs.
0: And can I ask Why?
1: There's not really a reason why.
0: It's just a card that you like.
1: I'm. It's a card I like. It's a card I was kind of given. I'm part of a, a group called the 52. Oh. And we're all assigned cards. That is my card. In fact, I hide the three of clubs playing card in almost every airport that I frequent. That's like awesome. Like a geocache, but a three of clubs
0: cache. So if you're in an airport and you find the three of clubs somewhere hidden, yes. that's Billy Kid's Club.
1: Yeah. My name is on it, and then I get people to sign it and put it back.
0: Wow, that's so great. To
1: relieve airport boredom, Mm -hmm. you know, so when you're traveling, something to do.
0: Okay, so look out for the Three of Clubs at your airport. Now, here's a question with regards to cards themselves. Are there better playing cards to use in Magic? So I know that there's the one that I immediately think of is bicycle cards. Yeah. But I know that there must be many more types of cards out there.
1: There's, there's so many cards out there. Okay. There's even more cards than ever because there's a new kind of thing happening called cardistry. It's kind of like juggling wow. but with cards. Okay. And they have des- like beautiful designs, new designs, so they look really pretty when you're doing flourishes. So there's so many. I don't want to really advertise for too many of them. No,
0: fair enough. You don't have to. But right.
1: Bicycle is probably the most common brand okay. or b
0: or B, that's yeah. right, that's right. And they've got a nice plastification on the yeah. card that makes them easy. Are Air they... cushion
1: finish, the paper right. quality. Oh, it's beautiful. I've
0: seen black-faced cards so that the uh, the negative space, let's say, behind the queen, which is traditionally white, yes. is jet black. And all the colors have a different sort of look to them.
1: Yeah, so that goes back to all these new designs. Like people are making, you know, GoFundMes for... New designs for decks of playing cards, and right. some decks of playing cards cost ten dollars a deck. Wow, it's gotten out of control, people.
0: And so, for you, who has a multitude of three of clubs, do you just order that that card that particular card in, in multiple se- multiple decks? I guess, or that you... would be
1: the smart thing to do. Okay,
0: I'm
1: not very smart. All right, I just buy all the decks and take the three of clubs out.
0: Fair enough. Yeah,
1: thanks for reminding no, me.
0: No, sorry, I didn't mean to. It's I fine. To it's point. fine. <laughs> Now, your, your home is Bath in England. Yes. And I've been to Bath. Oh. And it's a beautiful part of the country, I have to say. It is. What drew you to Bath?
1: Initially, uh, there was no magicians that I knew of that were working there. Oh. So I walked through town, was like, hey, no magic? Well, then. And then I just set up camp.
0: And that's what you did.
1: And that's what I did. And I've been there for a very long time now.
0: Is there a magician living or dead, that you would love to work with, that you haven't worked with as of yet?
1: A magician, living or dead. I would have loved to work with Tommy Wonder. Okay. He was a fantastic magician. He was also a creator uh, of of magic and mechanisms and just an amazing brain all around. Mm -hmm. He would have been very cool to
0: work with, for sure. Have you been to that place in Los Angeles, like the Magic Castle, I think it's called? The Magic Castle. Is that right? That is right. I have actually worked there. Okay.
1: Maybe I work there once or twice a year, but I freak in there often every time I'm in L.A. It is a magical, magical place. What are
0: your thoughts of it? It's just...
1: It's, there's no other place like it in the world. Okay. It's very unique. It's very difficult to get into, even as a just a, an right. audience member. Yeah. You need to know a member or be a member to get in. But once you're in there, it really is one of the most magical places
0: ever. We drove up to it one time when we were in L.A. just to look at it. But then our friends who live in L.A. are like, oh, no, you can't just... You can't just walk in. You need you it's you need a special invitation or you need to know how to...
1: It is very prestigious for magicians to work there because it's difficult to get even a booking there. Wow. And yeah, when you walk in, there's a, a bookcase and an owl and you have to say open sesame to the owl and the entire bookcase moves. And then wow. you enter this amazing building with so much history for magicians. Mm-hmm. Magicians, we love going there because of the history one of our professors... We call him The Professor, who's actually a Canadian guy. He's dead now. Okay, But he was one of the best magicians in the world, and he used to sit there in the corner and show people stuff and wow. secrets. So it is a very prestigious place for magicians to frequent, but if you ever get the opportunity to go inside there,
0: yeah. Go see just, a show or go and... There's and shows ask.
1: happening everywhere. And in the it's place. Great. It's, it's fantastic. There's nothing else like it.
0: It's, one could say, magic. It is. Itself. Very. Yeah. Um, Now, you have an interesting hobby we were talking about, Mm. uh, something that you like to do. Yeah. Uh, Would you share that with my audience?
1: I guess so. Well, I have this hobby where I like to take photos of dogs pooping Mm -hmm. as their owners are waiting for the dog to poop. I see. Now, the reason why I love these photos is because I wish somebody else was watching me taking the photo of the dog pooping and going, What is this about? That hasn't happened, but I imagine it. And there's something so beautiful of seeing a dog pooping and the owner does not know that I'm there taking a photo. It's a very private moment for dog and owner. Right. Yet there I am behind a bush pressing click.
0: Oh, so you're hidden too.
1: Pretty much hidden. Oh, wow. I don't want the owner to see what I'm right. doing because that would be
0: weird. Right.
1: But, again, in, in the perfect world, I want someone else to watch me taking the photo of the dog pooping and the owner not knowing. So That's you, the scene I have in my head.
0: You don't know if that's happened yet. It could have happened. Could someone have. could be hiding, taking a photo of you, taking a photo oh, of a dog. That is and, my dream come true. Okay. I'll tell you a story. I have a very good friend of mine who um, went to Quebec City for an anniversary with his wife. I think it was before they were engaged, I think. And they happened to, you know, it was summertime. They grabbed their stuff to go away from their hotel and just sightsee for the day. And so they went out and they did that. Five years later, after they were married, they were back in Quebec City. uh, Once again, I think on their anniversary. And they happened to pop into one of these little tourist shops where you would buy magnets or a drink of water. And they saw on a postcard... A scenic picture of Quebec City and walking in the distance is them from five years prior. Oh, wow. And they were like, we know it was us because even though we're a little bit in the distance, that's the clothes we were wearing and we got into a fight because we had the wrong bag with us that day and that was the bag that's in the photo. And so now they have it framed in their house of this, this postcard that says Quebec City with them in the distance. That's
1: amazing. Are they making money off of this?
0: No. No, it's just oh. the back of them, and, and who knows, it was taken five years prior. Now it's like maybe fifteen years ago, but That's it's a bit quite... spooky. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, maybe dog owners out there, if you happen to see a postcard of you and your dog pooping,
0: you know who took it. It's me. There you go. Yeah, there you Guilty. go. Guilty. And so you've traveled quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Do you have any travel rituals that you do?
1: Travel rituals. Like,
0: for example, when you go on a plane, do you do, I I tend to try to really clean the area I'm going to be sitting in for a while, or I'll always wear compression socks when I travel on the plane, oh. or when I get to my hotel, there's certain things I do before I take my clothes out of my luggage.
1: Yeah. Well, besides hiding cards in airports, I right. guess that is a ritual.
0: Which I think is cool. For me now. Yeah.
1: Uh, I, I just like... Emptying my entire suitcase out as soon as I land. Someone told me that's people who do that are a bit psycho. Really? I don't know. Someone else told me that. I I'm don't like, think I don't so. care how jet lag I am. I need to empty that suitcase. Like, full stop. All of it. It's got to get out. So that is a weird ritual that I guess I have. Okay. Uh, but mostly I just fall asleep. Well, I try to. Planes are the only things that make me fall asleep, funny enough.
0: Really? Yeah. And I have such difficulty falling asleep on me planes. Me too.
1: Well, not on planes, but in normal life, I can't fall asleep. But wow. on planes, I'm gone.
0: Even if you're next to people who are loud or obnoxious?
1: Yeah, noise doesn't bother me. Wow. It's, yeah, sunlight bothers me, I think.
0: I see. So shades down.
1: Shades down, for sure.
0: A lot of people who listen to this podcast will listen on the plane because they find oh. it very relaxing when they take off because some people have a bit of anxiety around the takeoff of a plane. And right. so people – I get a lot of emails saying, I listen to your podcast when I'm flying. It really helps me, et cetera.
1: Oh, that's so, good. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, anxiety uh, as, you fly, as you're as departing yeah, and landing. Yeah. You should have anxiety during – that's the most scary part.
0: Yeah, fair enough. But once you're up, you're up and it's smooth sailing is how I like to look at it. Are you working on any current magic that oh, you can talk oh, about? Oh, my goodness.
1: I am. Okay. I'm working on a short film that I've somehow devised in my brain a couple oh. months ago um, that is magic related, and I'm working on two new routines that are literally going to take me months to, before they hit the stage because of logistics and and blocking and all this. So yeah, it's a lot of it's a lot of in your head time, at that, and you have to. You know, like I said, get out of your bedroom sure. and get so, out into the real world.
0: So you're devising this this trick that's going to be coming up, let's say, in your bedroom. Where do you take it from there? So, for example, a stand-up will go to sort of smaller shows and practice material until they fine-tune it. But where does a magician go when they have an idea for a trick and they're developing it?
1: Well, the good thing about magic is that you can take it almost anywhere okay. and perform magic anywhere, anytime. It's kind of you. Un- universal in that sense. It kind of transcends even language. But sometimes routines, like what I'm doing is more specific to stage. But I'm very lucky because in Bath Spa, where I live, I run a weekly parlor magic theater Oh wow! every Friday, Saturday, which is kind of like my play space where I can work on new material. I've got a new audience every single week and I just try out all my stuff there.
0: So if you're listening and you happen to be in Bath, where would they go, or do they go to your website to find out where they can check well, out this we magic Well, we are the park? second
1: best thing to do on TripAdvisor in oh. all of Bath Spa. So after the Roman Baths is my little magic theater. Oh, that's great. So, yeah, we're raking it in.
0: That's wonderful.
1: Uh, it's called Crowdkeeper's Magic Theater, and it's very central. It's around the corner from the Roman Baths. So we got it seats only maybe 40 people right. upstairs.
0: So it's an intimate space, which I think very is the best. Intimate. You know, I've seen magic in big big uh, theaters or big uh, concert halls and I've seen magic done in little uh, theaters that are attached to pubs and whatnot. I saw one – and I'll tell you, the one that I saw in that intimate space had such an effect on me because you were close to everything. So you were like – I. There's no way they could have pulled the rug on me because of, you know, the vastness of the space. Like, how did that magician do that trick? It's it's such – for me, it's so much more mind-blowing when you're in a smaller space. Yeah,
1: nice and intimate and, you know, there's no trap doors or right. anything funny. So it is pretty bare. Sure. But, uh, yeah, it's upstairs of a pub called the Ale House in Bath. So okay. we've got a parlor theater up there and then in the cellar – We've got a magic bar, which is a totally different vibe. Oh. So people sit around a bar that's specific only to magic. So you kind of get a bit of everything. So wait a minute. I'm
0: getting a drink. I'm getting a pint at the bar. Mm-hmm. And will magic happen in front of me at some point?
1: Uh, you have to go to the to the area where the magic is happening. Oh. So there's a bar for drinks, and then around the corner there's a bar that's only for magic.
0: Wow. Yeah. And so you're so now you're really intimate with the trick that's yes. going on.
1: So. The whole thing with Alehouse, so upstairs, you can kind of see more stand-up parlor type of magic, sure. stage stuff, and then close-up stuff down in the cellar. So you can spend your entire evening there. So that's kind of where I, nowadays, where I practice my new stuff.
0: That's so wonderful. New tricks.
1: Yeah. I'm very lucky to, be, to have that space. And
0: you started this theater. Mm-hmm. That's great. How long has it been running?
1: Uh, over five years now.
0: What a wonderful, yeah. wonderful thing. How does it feel as an entrepreneur? to have your establishment represented by people who go there and trip advisors saying that they love uh, they love your place.
1: It's still a shock even though we've been there 5 years. Like I'm amazed that we even get audiences cuz magic is kind of niche and it has a stereotype and it is a bit geeky and and all that. So I'm hoping to kind of change that through the type of magic or the style of magic that I do uh at, at, you know at the theater and at the magic bar. So it does bring people in. I think it's the perfect thing because if you don't want to go see a play, let's say, or sure. if you're not into stand-up comedy, magic is kind of that weird in-between. Yeah. Where you might like it, you might hate it, but it's, it's worth a try. Sure. It brings people who normally wouldn't go to the theater, let's say. They might come to a magic show.
0: Who's your favorite audience? Because, you know, people have it in their minds like, oh, wow, it would be great to perform in front of, you know – celebrities or you know royalty or something like that when in fact for a lot of performers it's like the last thing I want to perform in front of is celebrities or people of note my preference is this type of audience who's your favorite type of audience to perform
1: well for? it's funny you say that because I was just working in Vermont doing oh. four shows there and the audiences in Vermont are incredible the the closest thing they remind me to is, is the audiences in Ireland. Okay. I think Ireland and now Vermont are like my top favorite audiences to perform for. I don't know exactly why. I don't know what it is. Okay. In Vermont, they were just so, just so like on the ball. They were with you like every step of the way. You could do literally nothing and it felt like they give you a standing ovation oh, for wow. just walking on stage. So they are now my new favorite audience.
0: I wonder if it's... Uh, verdant green farmlands and both?
1: Well, when the house lights came up, I didn't know if they were hipsters or farmers. Really? It was that, yeah, different compared to most, you know, theaters I work in. So they were they were great. I loved,
0: I loved all of them. Where were you in Vermont? Because we have listeners in New England, and Vermont is one of the states in New England that I have not been to that I'm really wanting to go.
1: Okay, so... I was basically in a town called Hardwick. Okay. Which is maybe an hour, an hour and a half drive from Burlington. Okay. And there's many other towns around there, but Hardwick is where it's at. Is is where it's at. And surrounding farms.
0: Well, if you're listening from Hardwick, we we thank you for being a great audience and for listening. Um, So let me ask you this. Where have you performed – that you didn't you, you didn't speak the language, but the people there really were floored by what you did. Because I know you perform all over the world.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So you had said that sort of magic has the ability to transcend language as far as performance is concerned. Where is there a place where you're like, I don't know if they're going to enjoy this or they're going to quite get this. And in fact, uh, you know, the opposite was true. They just really, really dug it.
1: Yeah, I would say... When I was performing in Kuwait, oh, wow. it was a place where I wasn't sure how they were going to take it, really. Also, being a woman in magic, sure, I've got tattoos that are visible, and all of that combined, I was not sure how it was going to go. Uh, and having to force myself to do the silent show because of the language barrier, I don't know if they're going to understand me. Of course. Some do, some don't, so you kind of have to play more general but the response was amazing almost like any other audience i'd say i think sometimes they're confused not really in the sense of how magic is done because i think when people watch a magician we always still have that question of how sure they're probably more like why
0: okay why are you
1: doing this <laughs> <laughs> which which i which i loved yeah so mm-hmm. i would say kuwait
0: wow Awesome. I want to clarify something. I, I also do enjoy watching magic on the big stage in large concert halls, you know, or like in Vegas, if you ever get to see one of those uh, house pre- magicians who does, you know, the show seven times a week at one yeah. of the uh, casinos. I don't want to disparage that at all. Uh, I just wanted to mention how that intimate uh, show that I saw was really, really outstanding. It's comparing
1: between like big illusion type thing or close-up magic, stuff that can almost happen in your hand, in the spectator's hand. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is very different. I think it becomes more personal when you're doing close-up magic, Mm -hmm. which stage magic, like illusions, I'm a fan of. But what's that mysterious box you've just wheeled on? You've posed more questions, I think.
0: Sure. That's why I always like um I appreciate um magicians like Panteller who sort of mm-hmm. take away the box or they open the box up and then they do the trick in a way that you're like, Oh, but now I've got more questions than if it was just the box. Or they
1: tell you how it's done yeah. before they do the trick, yet you're still equally as confused. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: It's pretty it's pretty neat, I have to say. I feel like magic is a culmination of so many different types of performance. It really is. It, it, it has elements of clown. It has elements of, um, you know, uh, drama, like like true drama. It has elements of comedy, stand-up. It, there's so many different elements of performance when it comes to magic that it, it really – I think a magician is a really well-rounded performer. Does I'm that like, make sense? It makes
1: totally sense. I just wish more magicians knew that. Okay. I find most magicians, the way they perform, the mannerisms – the style they perform in it's almost as if no other art form existed right but i agree with what you're saying Mm -hmm. i just wish more magicians were aware of that
0: yeah because you're a classically trained doctor is that correct yeah
1: and funny i in school they made us do a clowning intensive clowning workshop which i hated right it's just not me i was like this is not what i do and the first magic show i ever performed i was like oh my goodness All of this is clowning technique. It really is. I had to tell my teacher, I'm like, remember when I hated your class? (laughs) Well, all I do is pull from it. I'm going back to my notes going, yep. It's a different kind of performing because as a magician, you are directly talking to an audience, Mm -hmm. not at them. They're there with you. Similar to stand-up, but an audience watching a magic show, we know you're going to lie to us. Right. So there's already a weird barrier you have to break through. It's, it's, yeah, it's it fascinates me, even though I do. I'm like, why do they laugh at this? Or why do they amaze by that? How is this possible? For, I have the same questions that the audience does about the audience.
0: Sure. Do you find that they react to things that are very simple, that are so simplistic, and the things that, you know, take so much practice and skill, they're like, oh, yeah, whatever?
1: Yes, for sure. I think that's why magicians have conventions, because we can tap <laughs> each other on the back going, well done. We can appreciate the stuff that a normal audience does not see. Sure. The hard work, all (laughs) the sleight of hand, the techniques that take forever. Mm -hmm. But we have to make them look natural. So unfortunately, the good stuff no one knows we're doing. It's kind of sad. So magicians like to hang
0: out with each other just to, you know, for kicks. What's it like when you watch magic? Like, is it like, can you take yourself away from the magician and watch it as a spectator? Or are you always like, I, lo- I love what they did. I know what they did, but I just love how they executed it.
1: It's difficult. Okay. It's difficult to watch another magic show as a spectator, mm-hmm. as a layman. I try I try to because nothing's worse than performing for other magicians sure. with their arms folded and staring, no smiling, because I know they know what I'm doing. So when I'm watching another magician, I'm trying to be in the mindset of I don't care how it's done. I just want to enjoy the performance. Right. Now, if I'm watching it a second time, probably the second time I'm watching for
0: technique and method okay
1: yeah so if I'm there twice you know why I'm there twice okay it means you did a good job well
0: of course right? that's quite a compliment if the the magicians there twice unless they're there four times now you know they're trying to steal your bit oh yeah has that happened to you
1: I've been very fortunate it actually hasn't happened to me but also I'm I don't put a lot of my full routines and stuff online because I know that is out there there are people who will steal but I know it's happened to many other friends of mine
0: wow Yeah, Because you don't think of plagiarism in the magic community, but yeah, it must be rampant because a good trick is a good trick.
1: Yeah, tricks, presentations, all of that. And it's hard because no one thinks of a magic act like a play where you go, you know, there's a copyright on this and that. So it's very difficult to protect at times. So thievery is, is quite big in the magic world.
0: Wow. Well, Billy Kid, I must say, this has been... A magical time spent with you here on the Insomnia Project. Oh, thank you. Uh, once again, you can check out things that you are up to at Billy Kids Show.com. Mm-hmm. You travel all over the world, so there's no reason why you might not see Billy Kid in your town. And if you want Billy Kid to perform in your town, can they go to the website and, and make requests? Yeah, and they can that? go
1: to my website, they can email me, they can get in touch with me through social media, all of that. I'm quite easy to find.
0: Are your handles as well Billy Kid Show?
1: Billy Kid Show on Instagram and Twitter. Right. Um, Facebook, I think it's like Billy
0: Kid Magician. Well, there you go. Stock away, people. <laughs> well, Billy Kid, thank you so much. Thank and I you. wish you a pleasant uh, day and afternoon.
1: Thank you very
0: much. Thank you for listening, and we hope you had the opportunity to listen and sleep.